the Radio Randomly podcast. Hosted by Gondi and produced by Gia Moylan. Chatting randomly to radio people about radio. Episode 7 of the Radio Randomly podcast. Massive thanks to everyone that has downloaded so far. We cracked a thousand unique downloads for all the episodes combined. So that's pretty good. Out of seven. Happy with that. It's a lot of radio people tuning in and listening each and every time we upload a brand new episode. So I appreciate you taking the time to do so. My name is Gondi. I'm hosting this thing and have a great episode for you today. Simon Bags. I've had his co-host Jess Farcioni on the podcast. She was the first episode, but he currently hosts the Hit 106.9 Breakfast Show in Newcastle. He's worked in radio a long time though, Bags. I've got a list here which he sent me. I said, mate, just give me your top list of jobs that you've done. So... He sent me here, CFM Gippsland, CFM Sunshine Coast, CFM on the Gold Coast he's worked at. He's worked at Nova in Perth, Kiss in Sydney. He was a part of the launch there with Kyle and Jackie O. Uh, He's worked in Kiss in Melbourne, and right now he's at Hit in Newcastle. So he's got a lot of experience. And the reason I wanted to get bags on, Simon Bags, is because uh, we've been hanging out a bit recently. I went to Newcastle, where I host my breakfast show at the moment on the Central Coast. is only an hour from there. Central Coast is like an hour from Sydney, hour to Newcastle. So, yeah, we're, we're literally the Central Coast. But I went there to host a couple of shows with Tanya Hennessy. Tanya was filling in for Ash Pollard, my co-host uh, for breakfast. And I uh, got to hang out with Bags a bit. And we had a great chat about radio. I said, mate, we could just do this on the podcast. I just got to get you on. So here we are. I sat down with Bags. And this is that episode with Simon Bags on the Radio Randomly podcast. The Radio Randomly Podcast. Chatting randomly to radio people about radio. Simon Bags, welcome to the podcast. Mate, I love this podcast. I've listened to a few of your uh, other episodes, uh, including my co-host, Jess Faccioni. Great, yeah. great uh, debut podcast there, mate. She gave you Good a great shout-out. Happy with the shout-out? She shout did. Out? Yeah. She's a, yeah, I was. She's a bloody legend, mate, and she's. I'm so proud of her. I sound like I'm her brother or a big you know, <laughs> dad, but I am really proud of her because we've, uh, we've got a really good thing going on in Newcastle, so it's, well, yeah. and, and the podcast, mate, it's sounding great. Thank you, mate. And for look, anyone that caught that episode, she did say you've been in radio a very long time, and I said, whoa. She made me sound, yeah, she made me sound like I'm in the, like, um... Uh, 45 to 55 year old bracket. <laughs> yeah. I said, ease <laughs> up. 33. I said, yeah. ease up. I don't think he's going to appreciate how old you're making him sound, but I guess she yeah. was talking more about your experience because you got into radio at an early age. You've done a lot of stuff, which um, yeah. I'd love to have a chat to you about. But I mean, you and I, we've had over the last couple of weeks because I hosted uh, out of Newcastle there with Tanya Hennessy last week. Uh, yep. So we caught up. We've had many a beer and many a chat of radio and we said, hey, we need to record this for the podcast, and here we are. You and I are radio nerds, and uh, there's a there's a few people in our kind of category. Um, there's Tim Blackwell. There is um, Dan Anstey on the Gold Coast. Matt Acton up in Brisbane. We're all very similar. We love radio. We got into it at a young age, and we just love talking about it. So when we get together, the only topic that we do talk about is radio. Yeah, it does dominate the conversation. Uh, It's pretty much 95% of what we talk about. I would say Kyle Sanderlands fits in that uh, realm as well. And it was interesting chatting to you that you've uh, worked with Kyle. I've I've only met him a couple of times. And for whatever he sounds like on air, off air, he's always really nice to me. Introduced himself, says he's heard of our show and, and, and really nice. But I'd put him in that category too, a bit of a radio nerd. I wonder if he's listened to the podcast. I'd say, I'd make a bet and say that he's 
100% listen to your podcast. He loves radio. That was the one thing. Like I, I always thought that Kyle was the best broadcaster in Australia for um, CHR radio stations. And uh, when I got the opportunity to work with him, that's basically how we bonded. We just bonded over radio, chatting about radio. And, you know, I've heard his podcast with Craig Bruce and he's, you know, he's got a really interesting story and he's just, a, like, I guess he kind of um, took me under his wing a bit at KISS because that we were, you know, launching um, KISS and I was across the day and he really um, basically pumped me up and, and made me sound like a way bigger deal than what it was you know like he wanted that daytime to work because he knew that when he needed the TSL for for KISS in Sydney when it was launching and um, yeah he, he's uh, I, I learned a lot from him uh, from watching him uh, and also from DB his um, program director but um yeah, it was a great experience and a lot of the lessons that I learned from him, um, I've used today. You and I were actually talking about the fact that we both do the same routine, which is every now and then we'll listen to his podcast, listen to the first, say, seven minutes of the podcast, which is the opener of the show where Kyle and Jack are just kind of riffing. There's no plan in that opener. They just usually banter between the two of them and maybe Brooklyn, intern Pete, and just hearing how he uses all the different characters on the show and plays with them all. Yeah, I try and listen to how he's doing that and bring that into my own radio show. Yeah, see, I that's exactly what I do. I'll, I'll listen to the first, and it normally goes for seven minutes, which is unbelievable. I mean, I wish I could get on air and just do a seven-minute intro to the show, but uh, when you're the you know the most successful show but right I find now. that the most exciting part. It's the roller coaster of the show. You, it's starting off. You're hearing them here, you know, you see each other for the first time in the, in the morning. Um, and then, uh, you don't know where it's going to go. He, you know, you find out what mood he's going to be in for the day and you go on the journey with him Yeah, and uh, then they go into, you know, the what's in Jackie's mouth or whatever they do after that. But yeah, just that first little moment is, is pretty exciting. I know Brooklyn listens to the podcast. A shout out Brooklyn. Uh, I have spoken about getting him on here and having him a chat because you should, I'm interested. He's a great newsreader. Yeah. I'm interested in all facets of radio, whether you're on air. Um, I've had Ego who's been off air, you know, being the content director of Brisbane and, uh, even being a newsreader, I'd love to have him on. And if he can pass it on to Kyle, I know he's done the podcast with Craig Bruce, but I'd happily, uh, have him on this podcast, which would be great. But it's interesting that you mentioned that you've taken a lot from, Kyle, I don't think anyone could be him, but uh, you know, you've taken no. a lot from him in what you use today. So how do you implement that when you're on the air at Newcastle there? Because you've slotted in there and you've kind of taken on that antagonizer, uh, maybe big brother kind of role, I guess, when I listen to the show. Yeah. Uh, I think the one thing that I've taken from the show is just, um, uh, building the family. Right. So there's the, the three of us that are on the show, but then there's also those other players. So our newsreader, our producers, um, our morning announcer, bringing those guys into the show and making the show sound f much bigger than what it actually is. Uh, that's probably the number one thing that I've taken away from the Kyle and Jackie O show. Um, and then, um, yeah, I guess if you, if you listen to our show, we're nothing like their radio show, yeah. but, um, yeah, just, just some of the ways that they talk to each other, the way that they ask questions, um, you know, they dig deep into each other's lives and. So I try and bring those kinds of things into our show every now and then. So how is the show going? I mean, I've had Jess on. I'm yet to have Nick on. I hope he's not offended if he listens to this that I haven't uh, got him on. Um, it's just kind of... He will be a really interesting chat. He's got a great story and obviously he'll be able to tell you about it. But he is obviously ex-AFL uh, and then really wanted to become a content guy on the radio and, and has, you know, he's smashing it. 
I definitely want to get Nick on the podcast. So uh, that is something I will get to uh, at some point. But given the fact that you and I have caught up a couple of times in the last few weeks, I wanted to to get you on, mate. But how's everything going? Because the thing that I wouldn't say most impressed uh, that I've seen from you guys on the show, but the walk that you did for the the child in need, that was that your breakthrough moment? I feel like that was your breakthrough moment with the uh, the city of Newcastle and your yeah. role in the show. I, as much as I've learned from say Kyle and Jack, I've also learned from another bloke called Paul Gale, who I worked with, uh, at CFM on the Gold Coast. And one of the things that he taught me was just how to connect with the community and make sure that you are a part of the community that you're in, especially in these type of markets like the Gold Coast, Newcastle, Gosford, um, you've got to be out in the community and you've got to be doing, you know, really positive things in the community. And so I, uh, watched him do a lot of these type of, uh, charity walks or climbing the Q1 building on the Gold Coast, which was, uh, you know, one of the big buildings up there. He'd, he'd do the stair climb and things like that f- to raise money for a family uh, in the city. And, and so I, I just saw the impact that they had for the family that you were raising money for, but also for the, um, for the radio station as well. So um, I kind of had that up my sleeve ready to use when I wanted to. And we did it. It worked. It, I, I actually don't think I've seen one work better. Uh, we did, we also did it in Melbourne with, um, Matt Tilly and Matt Tilly did a heap of this kind of stuff as well. But, um, I, I don't know what it was. I think it was Newcastle and, and NX and hit, uh, there was, there's been like a, a six year period where this radio station hasn't really had anything like this happen. Um, there's, you know, so this is the first time that they've actually had something on the radio station that has really made this a Newcastle radio station. And, you know, we were representing a, a family from Charlestown, um, and, you know, sticking up for them and, and, um, we ended up raising over 50 grand for them and yeah. So I think it, it just, uh, finally connected and, and, and also, sorry, and NX and, you know, they went through that rebrand into hit. And so it was probably the first time that the city went, oh, okay, cool. This is actually a Newcastle radio station. It isn't just something that, uh, is coming out of Sydney and being, you know, piped around the country. This is going to be. Uh, a Newcastle radio station that we can all connect to. Yeah, we both kind of touched on it, but just for anyone that did miss it, uh, just give us the backstory, how it came about and exactly what you did. It was a 50-kilometre walk. Yeah, 50-kilometre walk from um, Stockton to Swansea uh, with a, it was about a two-kilometre um, kayak in there as well. Uh, so we started at six o'clock in the morning. We finished at about 4.30 in the afternoon. And um, basically we just asked businesses in Newcastle to uh, donate 500 bucks for a kilometer. And then, uh, as the day went on, people were just donating, you know, as we were walking along, coming up with $20 notes, $50 notes. And it, it felt like the whole city was right behind it. And, um, yeah. So we ended up, uh, being able to present a nice big check at the end and, um, feel good moment for the show. And, and one of them, um, you know, obviously you, you would do this as well with your radio show, but at the start of the year, you do your big, um, PowerPoint presentation with all of the rules and what you want to do and what you won't do on the radio show and all that kind of thing. And, uh, Ellen is, uh, the Ellen DeGeneres show is a show that I'm really like right into and love. I, I love it because it's like a, it's like a radio show, uh, on TV. And one of the things that she does a lot on her show is, is rescues. And, um, you know, I see how it connects her audience, uh, to her show. So I just figured, uh, do a similar type thing and, um, it bloody works. So yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. You've actually been on the Ellen show, which I will get to in, uh, in just a sec, but what I'm interested in, and I kind of spoke to Jess about this in the first episode of this podcast is, 
Uh, you know, when you work on a radio show, you get hit up a lot by people in the community, uh, people in need, and mm. you read a lot of them and you go, man, I would love to help that person. I would love to uh, give every single person an opportunity to, you know, fix whatever they need fixing. So I'm interested, how did you pick this particular story? Uh, what made this one stand out and make you go, oh, I've got to walk 50 Ks for this and raise as much money for this family as I possibly can? We have a really good relationship with Variety uh, in Newcastle. We, uh, Jason from Variety actually let us know about this family story. Um, and we, act, we, we had done a week of pre-promote um, for a rescue. So we were saying on air, hey, look, if you know someone in the city that, you know, is having a bit of a tough time and needs a, a helping hand, um, get in touch with us on, uh, you know, through the website. And, um, yeah, Jace from Variety had let us know about this family, but we also had a lot of people through the website letting us know about the family as well. So we were like, okay, there, there's a lot of people that are, uh, connected to this family in some way. Uh, and, uh, and they're all very passionate about, uh, helping out, um, this family, which are the Hodsons, Sonny and, and, uh, Sarah and Mitch. And, um, yeah, so we, as soon as we heard, uh, the story, we just kind of went, okay, this, this is the one. So, and do you keep in touch with the family afterwards? I mean, is it kind of yeah. what you do on the radio, job well done, see you later? Or do you sort of, now no, that you've I've, got that personal connection, do you, do you keep touch? Yeah, I try to. I've just, uh, I received a text from Sarah, um, Sonny's mum, uh, oh, two weeks ago. And um, all, the runny, all, all the money that we raised, let me see if I can go through my phone and get it up. Um, but all the money that we raised uh, has got him over to the US and he's going to be able to meet with uh, families that are in a similar situation and he will be able to have all these treatments that he needs down in Sydney. So he's got Pitt Hopkins syndrome um, and yeah, so he's got to head down to Sydney and have uh, about three treatments a year that cost around 10,000 bucks. So I can't find the uh, text, mate, but um, yeah. I, I, I try to stay in touch, but I also don't want to, uh, you know, be bugging the family as well because they've got a thousand things going on for them at the moment. But, yeah. um, when you know you can make an impact in someone's life like that, I, I, I will always stay in contact with them and, um, you know, and just, I want to, I want to talk to Sonny when, you know, he's five, six, seven years old. Yeah. And you know that you helped in some way to, to get him there. So it's amazing yeah. work you've done. And that's what I love about radio for all the fun that we have and the cool stuff people perceive that we get to do. It's those moments and you can't do them every show. You can't do them every day, but when they do come up and you really do help out someone in need, that's the magic right there. I, to be honest with you, Gondi, that was probably the most proud moment um, that I've had being in radio, I've you know, been doing it for a while, but that was the moment that I just went, oh, that, this is, I want to do more of this stuff. This is the stuff that I want to do and I want to be famous for. And, um, yeah, it's just, uh, it makes you, you know, because some, some days, I don't know how you feel, but some days you wake up and you do a show and then you go home and you think, what is it? What am I, what am I even doing? Yeah. You know, <laughs> do people even give a shit about what I'm talking about? You know, and then. And then when you do something like that, you go, okay, okay, this is actually, this, there is some meaning behind this. You know, you can actually help someone, you can change someone's life and, and, you know, make it a uh, positive experience. So yeah, I, I think that's the thing that I want to be famous for in the end. You okay. Know? So if you want to be famous for it, are you already looking towards your next one or you did you just sort of wait and see what no, comes up? No, nah, oh, we will let, like something like that. I don't think you can do that often. You know, you may, you may do that maybe once a year at max, 
But um, because then people yeah. start to go, okay, now he's just doing it for the recognition yes. as opposed to the yep. genuine, yep. yeah, want to do it. So yeah, um, totally. All right, well, that's uh, that mate, amazing work. I got to say, when I saw that, I was even just proud of you as a mate. You know what I mean? When I saw oh, that, thanks, I went. Mate. That's amazing stuff that uh, that you're doing right there. Can I interrupt your podcast and ask you a question back? Because uh, there's something that I have wanted to ask you for a long time. All right, go and rogue, is, mate. Go um, rogue. Love love your show right now with Ash uh, Pollard. Uh, it's sounding great. You also did the show with uh, Bree. Uh, for how how long were you guys together for? So Bree and I were together for about four years. We spent two years yeah. at Nova in Brisbane doing a weekend show, and then the two right. years on the coast, uh, Monday to Friday. Right. And now she's over in New Zealand and she's doing great things. I am really interested in, uh, what was it like for you when, um, Brie was leaving? Because I felt like you guys were onto a really great thing. Yep. And I actually mentioned this to, when I was out of radio for about a year and a half. Um, and I just flicker, I think you were being networked around the country doing the weekend breakfast show. And I was up on the Gold Coast just visiting my mum, and I heard your show and I was like, fuck, this is going to be the next, you know, Metro breakfast show somewhere. And I said to Mickey at the time, I said, that's a bloody awesome show. Wasn't even working in the network at the time. And, um, I, I wonder how you felt personally when, when Brie left to go to New Zealand, was that tough because you were onto this great thing and then there was the split. Uh, I know you guys are still good friends, but yeah, what, did, what was that like for you? Well, first of all, I appreciate you uh, giving me some love to Mickey. That was great. Uh, <laughs> that's good. I'm sure Brie will you like You know the, what though, mate? Yeah. You know, I don't think that uh, other talent do that like e e enough sometimes. Like yeah, if I agree. you hear something good, you've got to let people know because you know how hard it is. You've been working for so long in this business and, and when you do hear something good and it's really rare, rare when it, uh, a good show comes along, I think what you two have was brilliant and probably uh, better than... Uh, some Metro shows. So I, I think that, uh, you should have, you should have been, you know, in line next for a Metro show. That's, but that's what I believe. Yeah. Um, I mean, and look, I mean, I guess people get caught up in their own competitiveness to, uh, when it comes back to sort of sharing the love and saying, Hey, I think that show's great. Or I think that person's great. People just sort of maybe don't want to go there because they feel like, uh, you're all competing for those kind of next roles. Maybe that's why they don't, uh, vocalize it as much, but with the, with the breathing, thing, uh, it's one of those things that even though you work together, you know, you're at different stages of your life and, and where you're at. And met, I've worked in radio pretty similar to you. I got in it at a very young age, not full time straight away, but you know, I started doing local movie reviews at the radio station when I was 16, 17. So that was kind of my first right. taste of it. Um, and I've worked long enough to know that it, it is hard to find people that you gel with on the air. That's the toughest part to find is the people that you click with, uh, on so the when air. she got, so when she got the job offer, right. To go to New Zealand, did you like chat with her and say, Hey, look, you know, let's. Yeah. Let's just stick this out. Yeah. We had the conversation. She said to me, do you think I should go or do you think I should stay? And I said, Hey, I, personally, I'm not going to hold you back. I'm not going to hold you to it. You know, I'm, you've got your own life going on. If you want to go, you go. Um, but what we've got here is great. Uh, I think if we just wait long enough, we'll be, uh, what well, I would like to think next in line for something. We've been given yeah. the Saturday morning show national. So we'll given these things, you know, to progress and move forward. And I thought we're really on the right track. Uh, but when a, another radio station comes along that's, uh, in New Zealand and, you know, uh, they're offering something that Brie perceived to be better, I guess, at the time, 
uh, she went for it. And I said, well, you know, I'm not going to hold you back. It's your, uh, it's your career. And she said to me that she wanted to uh, try something else, you know, because she'd gone from Nova Street team uh, on air kind of with me. I was already on air. And, uh, I said, Hey, I've got an opportunity to get on air. She was doing demos with someone else. I heard them. I said, uh, jump on with me. I think we could really get ourselves on air. So, uh, we, we eventually got ourselves on air. And so, so she was kind of thrown straight from the street team onto a Nova Brisbane Metro breakfast show um, on the weekend. Um, yeah. and then kind of the similar thing happened when we moved to the central coast, she, you know, we kind of moved together. So her progression was really quick, you know? Um, yeah. so yeah. she, she said to me, I haven't worked at Nova in Sydney and Brisbane and Fox in Melbourne and triple M in Melbourne, all these things that I'd done. She said, I've only done Brisbane and here. So right. I want that opportunity to go to New Zealand. And mm. I think in her mind, she was like, you know, I'll go there for a couple of years. We'll end up back together. It's all good kind of thing. But you know, radio is funny game. It doesn't always pan out that way. So no, I wouldn't say I was, um, no, nah, I wouldn't say I, I held a, a grudge or anything. It's just, that's life, mate. You got to keep rolling. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, with Ash and right now. And you know now, what? You guys could always, you guys could always, uh, end up back together, you know, down the track, five years down the track, you guys might end up, uh, well, you never know, you know. Yeah. You never know. Yep. But, uh, you know, mm. when you're in the team environment, I'm not going to say, well, if you go, you're dead to me. I'm never going to talk to you again. No, yeah, of course. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? No, no. I, I, the only reason I bring that up is because I do believe it was a really, really good show. I and, do too, um, mate. I honestly yeah, do too. Yeah, yeah. So I really feel like we could have uh, gone on to big things. And I feel like if we had stayed together, we might not have progressed this year, maybe not even next, but um, uh, hopefully by then we would have. But I just feel like the we were just onto something good. You could just feel it every yeah. time we did shows or whatever, you just felt like we were onto something great. So, yeah. you know, you can't hold people back from, from what they want to do. So, uh, Brie will be very interested listening to this part of the podcast, I'm sure. And yeah, but she, and she would know a different side as well. Well, you know? like here's, she, a, here's the thing bags. I'm going to have her on the podcast. Brilliant. When is she on? Well, she hasn't started on air yet in New Zealand. Start the pre-promote. Let's get the pre-promotes going away. You uh, know what I mean? Yeah. Like you tease it. Maybe just a little snippet of what's going to happen. Well, here's the tease right here uh, for anyone right. interested. Bree, who will be on air doing Drive at ZM in New Zealand. Uh, I'll have her on the podcast so we can get her side of the story now Brilliant. that she's been there for six months. Uh, Ellen DeGeneres, mate, how did you get on this show? And I know you're a big fan and you kind of, you, you're right in saying that it's a radio show on TV. How'd you end up on there? And, uh, it must've been a pretty motivating experience. I had a really cool, uh, program director, Brad McNally, who ran 96 in Perth and he was the PD at the time on the Gold Coast at, uh, CFM, uh, was doing the breakfast show with Paul and Moira and, um, I was, I, I was actually introduced to the Ellen DeGeneres show by David McClung, who's at Nova in Perth. He, uh, we, we used to live together and he used to watch it every day. And then I kind of got into the show and I just thought, geez, the, she was self-deprecating and she was she, so funny. Uh, I, I'd never really watched her, uh, sitcom or anything like that, but the talk show, I just, I could relate to it. You know, um, she was someone that had been, uh, bullied in her past and, and, you know, fired for being, uh, well, I can't relate to this bit, but she was fired for being gay and, and, uh, you know, um, it was, it affected her a lot, but then she just got to climb back up again. And I, and I love the, I love the, the smackdown and then the, the rebuilding of the career is, it's just a really nice thing to watch. And so I connected with the show and then, um, when we were on the Gold Coast uh, at CFM, um, I was still writing to the show, and she was doing this uh, campaign to 
have world domination. She was, you know, she was big in the American market, but she wanted world domination. And so I, I thought, okay, I might take advantage of this and, um, come up with an idea to try and bring Ellen to Australia. So, uh, it was like the Easter long weekend and I started a Facebook page on the Thursday. Um, uh, and then by the Tuesday after the Easter long weekend, that Facebook page, which was called bring Ellen down under had 5,000 followers on it. And I was like, bloody hell, there's something in this. So we, uh, on air, um, decided to do a beach dance on the Gold Coast on Surface Paradise Beach. Uh, it was a rainy morning in May and, um, yeah, we had about 2000 people turn up to the beach after promoting it for about three weeks, um, to try and attract, um, Ellen DeGeneres to the Gold Coast. Obviously the Gold Coast being a big tourist destination for Australia, the, uh, you know, the, the market was right behind it. We had the Warner Brothers studios and the Gold Coast. These were the kind of things that we were throwing around. And then, um, we uh, had the Today Show filming there as well on the morning, so it was all over the weather, and um, then we got all the footage together, sent it over to the Ellen DeGeneres show, and then she she came out on the show about two weeks later, and, we're, and she said, hi, Australia. Uh, this is, you know, in her opening monologue. She was like, hi, Australia. Look, I've seen what you're doing. I'm really loving what you're doing. I'm going to try and get there one day. And that really pissed me off because I was like, we've gone to all this fucking effort to have all these people stand on a beach with faces of Ellen DeGeneres and all you can do is come out on your show and say, well, I'll get there one day or whatever. And so I was like, nah, I'm not going to take that for an answer. So we took it to another level. We had uh, the local Titans game on the Gold Coast uh, and we teamed up with those guys and we had the whole stadium. I think it was a Titans Broncos game. So it was a huge game. And um, we had the entire crowd with Ellen masks uh, there as well. So it kind of took that to a new level. Then we had, uh, every, I said to, um, the, all the radio announcers that were on the radio station, I said, if you get a guest interview, instead of getting an ID for the radio station, get them to do a message to Ellen DeGeneres to come to Australia. And so we spent about a month, uh, getting, you know, Usher, Craig David, Mark Warburg, Will Ferrell, Good Charlotte, uh, there's a heap of them. Just doing messages of like, hey, it's uh, Will Ferrell here, Ellen DeGeneres, you've got to get down to Australia, pull more own bags, really want you to come down and blah, 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 and all this kind of stuff. And they'd be banging on and Usher's doing it. And so we just kind of just basically wedged them into a corner where they had to acknowledge us. And then, uh, this is a little bit dodgy, Gaundy, but um, I told the network and the network at the time were right against the idea because... Uh, we owned Southern Cross 10 and Ellen was on channel nine. And so people were up in upper management were like, why the fuck is this kid on the Gold Coast promoting the opposition TV network when we've got TV shows that he can talk about MasterChef, mate, because that's on fucking channel 10. And I was like, this is bigger than the TV networks. And, and, you know, and I had to kind of, uh, really back myself in because, you know, people were saying to me that I was, you know, fucking everything up and doing it wrong. And these people thought I was really bad at what I was doing. And, and then, um, uh, basically I told the network that we were promised to be on the TV show, which we weren't. And uh, <laughs> I, said, I said, you've got to get us to LA. Yeah. And, and then, um, yeah, so we, so they paid you know, for you to go to LA. Yeah. Oh, we, uh, mate, that's we, so tough they, to get. They, they, they sent us over to LA, the radio station. And I said, look, well, and we'll do a week of stars. Like we'll get a different celebrity every day and we'll have a different star on the show. So it'll be beneficial content wise. And we'll also be on the Ellen DeGeneres show. Now 
all we were promised was tickets to the audience. Didn't know that we were actually going to be on the talk show, talking to Ellen on the set and all that kind of thing. So they were like, oh, you know, okay, if he's going to be on the show, then we'll, we'll back this in, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, I basically emailed the uh, executive producer from the Ellen show who I was, uh, you know, dealing with and just said, hey, look, we're in LA on these dates. What can we do? And um, the, the, they, they put us in the audience. Um, Ellen came over to us in the audience and she said, hey, guys, thank you so much for what you guys have done. And at that point, when we were in LA, um, Oprah... It's the same year that Oprah came out on her show and said, we're going to Australia. And I was like, fuck. Wrong like, show. <laughs> if there was one person in the world that could have fucked our idea, it was Oprah Winfrey and she fucking did it. Yeah. And so we were, sp and even Ellen joked with us. She's like, fuck guys, she, uh, she got us kind of thing, you know? And then she said to us, but we're going to get you on the show tomorrow because we want to talk about your campaign. And I remember Paul Moore and myself just looking at each other like, holy hell, we're about to go on tomorrow on international TV and yeah, it was just, it's, it's probably the, uh, other highlight of my career, raising the money for Sonny and going on the Ellen DeGeneres show, the two kind of things that I'm so passionate about. And there's people in radio that have heard this story so many fucking times because I love talking about it, Yeah, <laughs> but I'm, I am so passionate about it because it's such a fun story. And there was that, and this is, I'm going to sound like a wanker, but at the time, there were only two radio shows, and I, I don't know if, if there are any more, but there were only two radio shows in Australia that had made it onto American talk shows, and that was Hamish and Andy and Paul Moore and Bags, and I was really proud of that. See, now so, that, is, that is huge, and I'm just trying to uh, work out what the lesson might be from, uh, from this story. Is it, uh, you know, do you go against management if you feel like you're onto something and okay. you just keep pushing and pushing? You know what? Or what, what is it? What, if, what got you to that? Okay, here's the what thing. What I did achieve? was really bad. Yeah. What I did was really bad. I should never have done that. It was, really, it was a dumb thing to do. But here's the thing. If I had never taken that risk, I would have never had the footage of us being on the Ellen DeGeneres show. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. So you just got to, if you believe in the idea, you got to push and push and push. And what, but what was the payoff though? I know you got on the Ellen show and it was great to promote, but did that pay off in any way as far as, uh, ratings, talkability? What was the, after the, uh, the stint on the show, was that kind of the, was that it? It boosted our, it boosted our profiles on the Gold Coast. Okay. Uh, well, people that's good. believed in us a lot. Well, I don't, I actually think the next survey we came out, Gold FM were number one. CFM was number two, Hot Tomato was number three. Right. Uh, so it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a ratings bonanza. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we, I guess we got a l little bit more respect, uh, from management. So they believed in us a bit more and, um, yeah, it was just, uh, uh, but then the show changed like, uh, within 12 months the show changed and we had a, a new partner come in and then, um, yeah, kind of things just. Yeah, because I downhill for me from there because well, I got fired a year later. But that's the thing, mate. And I remember this happening. And I thought um, I, I remember seeing the the campaign. I don't remember the whole thing, but I remember you being on uh, Ellen. I remember that side of it. And then I thought, oh, these guys, are, you know, for a, a show outside of the metros, Gold Coast, big market, but still um, to be able to get yourself on national TV, like you said, Hamish and Andy, and maybe one or two others were the only ones on a international TV show. That's a, that's a great get, but then for it all to fall apart within 12, 18 months, what's the downfall from the height of, you know, your second 
favourite thing in your you whole know, career. What, what what happened? I've got to take the blame. Uh, I, I probably um, I probably got a bit too big for my boots. Right. Yeah. And so this thing happened, and I was like bloody. And I actually remember being on the plane uh, coming back from LA to to Australia, and I turned to Paul and Moira, and I said, "Bloody hell, guys." Things going to be amazing for us when we get back to Australia. Get ready for these metro offers. Yeah. And then, yeah, nothing kind of happened. And mm. I was probably a little bit disappointed with that, which, which you know, I get it. But look, um, yeah, was, I think there was a lot of, uh, you know, the fact that I probably got a bit too excited by my own shit and then uh, yeah, just uh, ended up losing my gig. But, um, and I, and you know what was, I was, uh, too attached to that radio station as well, because I started there when I was 16 years old. Um, and I, the reason why I picked radio, like I remember being at like the, the Echo, which is the, the, you know, the show that they have, like the Royal Easter show and all that kind of thing. <clears throat> and I saw Triple M doing a, a breakfast show and they were all just pissing themselves laughing. And I thought, fuck, that's what I want to do. So I went home to mum and dad and I was like, I want to be on the radio. And I, by the way, I was a bullied kid, didn't talk much. And then uh, yeah, even my dad was like, mate, you've got to have a personality to be on the radio. So you're going to have to work pretty hard. Thanks, dad. And and dad hated the fact that I wanted to do radio. So I think that that, and I think that story is kind of common. Yeah. Where a lot of people, you know, that if their parents say don't do it, they end up going, fuck you, I'm going to do this. So, and I got to, you know, prove him wrong that I was, I was able to do things and, and, and and do it. So see my dad um, backed me in. He was like, mate, if that's what you want to do, yeah, go that's for it. Nice. But I caught up with him the other day. Uh, and he said to me, uh, I was working in, I was working out of the Melbourne studios for a few days. Cause my dad's moved to Japan to, uh, he's doing Melbourne coffee in Japan. That, that's another story, but he was back in Melbourne and we we're catching up. And now that I only sort of see him here and there, he likes to get real philosophical and kind of reflect and stuff. And he was talking about radio and he said, um, you know, at the time he backed me in, but in his mind, he was like, oh man, that's a tough gig to chase. You know what I mean? It's like saying you want to be in a band or you want to be an actor or, you know, radio is this thing that you go, okay, yeah, the, the job does exist, but how hard is it to actually make a career out of it? And, uh, to be able to work in it for 10 plus years, not always full time, but to him, he was like, that's already a success. You know what I mean? You've already done something that you've chosen to do, uh, for more than 10 years, which is, uh, it's hard to come by. A lot of people hate their jobs. I was actually speaking to my dad yesterday. I love him heaps, but, uh, there's still the tone in his voice of like, when are you going to get a real job? <laughs> and I've been doing this for like 17 years now. It's like, he, he, he's still like, how's that, uh, how's that, uh, radio gig going, mate? And I'm like, yeah, good. And obviously he's seen me get fired and move around the country and he's seen the battle. So he's, he probably wants me to just do something stable, but what, what job these days is stable? Yeah. I mean, well, that's a scary thought, isn't it, mate? You know, that's the thing, but it is something, do you worry about it? Do you think having been fired now, because actually it was interesting chatting to you uh, when we had a beer, you were saying, you know what, yeah. whatever happens, happens. I've managed to move on. I've managed to do other things. You're diverse, you know, you can move into different roles and whatever, but do you ever have that constantly kind of in the back of your mind? Or you just think if you're the best person well, Gailey, in the job? When I was fired, Gailey was, um, really good for me because we went to the gym like the next day and he was just like, mate, you're still going to wake up. You're still going to shit. You're still going to have cereal. You're still going to do all the same things you, you do every day. You're just not going to be that guy on the radio anymore. Mm. And then I was like, oh, okay. Yep. Cool. And, and I, you know, had people telling me that you're going to have to take a massive backward step and all this kind of thing. And then Duncan Campbell called me from ARN and said, Hey, I've got a gig for you. And I was like, Oh God, I'm going to be on 97.3 playing bloody, you know, 
There's nothing wrong with kidding. that, mate. Nothing wrong with that. No, but you know, I was uh, at that time I was 27, and then he said to me, um, "Mate, we want you to come down and do breakfast in Sydney um, at Mix with Sammy Lucas and Yumi Steins." And I was just over the fucking moon because one, it was Sydney breakfast, and um, and it was just a really fun year. And it was obviously the year before uh, Kiss launched with Kyle and Jack, and then I got to be a part of the Kyle and Jackie O story there with um, with you know Kiss and. So yeah, I, you know, at the end of the day, I just, I, I don't know, you know, what? I don't know what's coming next. I know that I'm in Newcastle and I'm having the best time in, in my radio career so far. It's so good. I'm having, we've got a great breakfast team. We've got a great, a great support team, uh, great management team, Mike Byrne, my PD, super supportive. So it's just, um, yeah, it's really, it's a, I'm in a really nice space at the moment. Don't yeah. want to go anywhere. Things are going great for you. Have you ever contemplated what you would do, uh, if not radio? Cause I mean, you come, you you know, you're sort of in that position where you thought you might have to, and then you got that call from Duncan Campbell. But have you contemplated yeah. what that might be? Uh, I would love. Um, I I speak to Adam Ferrier, who is on the Gruen transfer from, um, uh, and he was actually on our radio show at Kiss in um in Melbourne a fair bit, and he is a, a consumer psychologist. Now I'm not saying I'd be a consumer psychologist, but I'd love to work alongside someone like that, and work for someone like that, and just learn from him. Uh, in advertising, coming up with ideas. So still in the creative field, but maybe just not on air. Just wow. behind the scenes doing, coming up with different concepts. Yeah, he is a bloody genius. I love chatting with Adam. So I'm trying I'm, I'm trying to get him on my radio show in a once-a-week segment, but you've got to get it sponsored apparently. So... Mate, I'm that's a fight that battle at the moment. Yeah. That's a cool job. It's probably Uber driving for me, so that's where I'd be. Uber uh, driving, no, <laughs> mate. But you've got, you, I mean, you're a very creative guy, and you've got lots of different passions. And and mate, th- what you're doing right now is the right thing. You're in this podcast area now, and who knows where this is going to go? Uh, hey, is that is our radio network? Have you got it on podcast one or anything like that yet? I uh, don't have it on podcast one. I don't think I get the downloads that, the uh, that I need for podcast one. What kind of downloads are you getting now? Well, it's quite niche, this uh, radio world we live in. Uh, I would say I get about 250 to 300 unique downloads wh- um, per episode. What do you need to be on podcast one? I have no idea, to be honest, and I didn't really start this out to try and I mean, I'd love to be on that kind of platform. That'd be amazing. But I guess, you know, radio's niche. I'm guessing those 250 to 300 people that are listening are all radio people. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast and you're not in radio, can I just say, reach out to me and let me know that you don't work in radio and that you're listening to the podcast. Yeah. But it's only going to grow, mate. And the thing is, uh, with podcasting, people can uh, learn from you and the people that you're talking to as well, because uh, pretty much anyone these days can uh, be a podcaster. So, um, yeah. Mate, yeah, I, 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 I genuinely I, I love the podcast, mate. Well I genuinely done. do I it great. because I love it. And uh, that's the only yep. reason I do it. And I, I'm, I'm interested in chatting to every single person who's I have the, on it. Yep. Who's the dream interview for you? Uh, I would love to chat to Kyle. Yeah, okay. I grew up listening to Kyle on the radio you know, back when they did nights and stuff. I'd love to chat to Jackie as well. I mean, I listen to both yeah. of them, but I guess I could relate a little bit more to Kyle only because um, that would be my role in the show, I guess, if I was ever uh, in that position. But yeah, I think, um, I don't even know. I, I don't know who the, the ultimate What about is. someone overseas? Like, is there an, a radio announcer overseas that you like? Someone um, in the UK or the US? Ryan Seacrest. Oh, that would be a bloody good one. Wouldn't good luck getting that one. Yeah, he's I so know. fucking busy, that guy. Yeah, it'd be next to impossible. I follow but... him on Instagram. He's like, he's hosting a TV show with uh, Kelly, whatever her name is. Mm. He's also doing a uh, breakfast radio show and Idol, uh, E, 
oh man, he's just. Yeah, I've seen him talk about his day plan and his day is planned to the minute. And maybe one day he'll look down and go 2.20 p.m. chatting to who the fuck is Gaundy in the Radio Randomly podcast. Uh... What about Husey? <laughs> you used to work with Husey doing uh, the breakfast show. What about Husey? Yeah, he come on? I haven't reached out to Husey yet, but I do plan on doing so. And you know what I'd like to chat to Husey about? Because I've heard him on other podcasts talk about um, being a comedian and, and, you know, all these various different things. But... Uh, I want to chat to Husey specifically about radio because I don't reckon you work as long in radio as you do unless you have a genuine, uh, as long as he has, sorry, unless you've got a genuine passionate passion for it. So I'd be interested to chat to him specifically about what how he sees radio um, over the last 10 years. So yeah, he's a great I one. I think he, I mean, he's a comedian, but he's kind of in that radio nerd category as well. I have only heard this story, um, so it's, you know, Coming from other people, but apparently when Nova 100 launched in Melbourne, yep, uh, and he was on the breakfast show, he was like calling people in the afternoon, asking you know for things to be up on the website and all that kind of stuff. So he was like heavily involved in a lot of the behind the scenes stuff as well as doing the on air thing. Oh and mate, a hundred percent. And what I will say, it's about, nice hearing that, isn't it? Yeah. And what I will say about him and and Kate as well and, and their show is that. Uh, when I worked on it, they were still, even though they've got, you know, two or three producers answering the phones, they were picking the phones up themselves within the show and yeah. chatting directly to listeners because, and you'd hear the reaction on the phone. So Husey would open it and like answer and go, uh, how you going? It's Husey. And then someone would go, Husey, like he's, he's actually the first th person that they hear. You know, there's not that separation between that. the producer and the person on air. Like the amount of times yeah. I heard him go or Kate go, yeah, yeah, it's actually Husey or yeah, yeah, it's actually Kate. And that's how yeah. much they, you know, they cared about their listeners and the people that were tuning into their show. And I think that's yeah. something that we forget. And even as you get through the ranks, you know, that even them being in a, in a Melbourne breakfast show, that is something that, um, I forget to do it now myself and I, I should probably do that more. Uh, with the show that I yeah. host. You know, um, Mike Byrne, our boss here, has got us doing a great thing. He, um, you know, the uh, VIP list where you have all the people that register on the re website for prizes and things like that. Yep. He has us now uh, every week calling just a couple of the people off that list and just having a chat with them and thanking them for listening to the show and That's listening to idea. the station and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, he, he was going to come up with the idea and he just every now and then gives us a couple of numbers and says, give these guys a call, have a chat with them. That's and, a great uh, idea. And just connect with them off air. And it's great. Yeah, so... Just little things like that. And it's nice hearing that, you know, yeah, like people like Husey and Kate do that, answer their own phones every now and then. And you, you learn who you're talking to. Yeah. That's, and that's the great thing about it. Uh, any of them like, mate, what are you trying to sell me something? Or because people don't take calls in 2018 anymore. It is weird. Yeah. I, I said to the guys, I said, what about a prize at the end? So that we at least can say, hey, and by the way, I've got you a, a voucher. And he said, no, nah, no prize. Just talk. And I was like, oh, but that's a kind of, how do I end that conversation? Because it's kind of like, all right, well, uh, see ya. And the person's like, okay. <laughs> you know, and, and they're kind of like, what the fuck was that about? But yeah, it's, it, it is nice to have that connection uh, with the person. Yeah, hey, I'm so used to having a conversation on the radio where you, you have a little, you know, something at the end. You've got three minutes uh, and you're in, yeah. you're out and you move on. But uh, mate, that is a nice touch. And I think people that are listening to this right now, I think that's maybe something they can take out of it is to uh, connect with their listeners more than just the ones that call the show, get a bit proactive and, and call them. Uh, something I want to try and do just to round out the podcast. I've had this idea bags. Mm. Uh, don't know if it's going to work. I know the name of the podcast is, uh, it's pretty dumb. Radio Randomly Podcast. It's basically so I can record these randomly at any time. But I thought I could end it on a random question. 
which I can pass on to the next guest I have on this podcast. So a random question on the Radio Randomly podcast. You can come up with any question you, you like. It can be about radio, absolutely anything. And I have to ask it of my next guest. Oh, Do so you have, I don't know who the next guest is. You don't know who it is. You just okay. ask a generic random question and I'll put it Oof. to my next guest. All right. Um, is there someone that has made your career more difficult than you wanted? Oh, that's a good one, mate. More. I think everyone has those people, right? Yep. Everyone has like a, like, and, and, uh, I, I'm sure that there are people listening to this and going, go here he goes again. But like, um, there are people in my career that, uh, have pushed me along and made it so easy for me. And then there are people that just got in the way and it's, it's working out how to navigate around those people. Um, yeah, I like I think it. That's half the half the battle of the business. I like it, mate. That's a great question. I'll put that to my next guest, and I'll see uh, how they answer that. The Radio Randomly podcast. Simon Bags. I could chat to you for ages, mate. I think we need to do a part two at some point. But thank you for giving up your time and chatting with me on this podcast. Thanks, mate. The Radio Randomly podcast, hosted by Gandhi and produced by Gia Moylan, chatting randomly to radio people about radio.